Hey, this is Tommy Victor from Prong, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. music fans. I'm Rodrigo Altaf and I'm here to bring you another interview for Sonic Perspectives. Today we're going to talk to Tommy Victor, the guitar player and mastermind of the band Prong. Tommy, great to have you here. Uh, great to be here, Rodrigo. Yeah, we're talking in early November and there's a new Prong EP for us to discuss called The Age of Defiance. Give us the details of the new album. Well, after putting out five long players over a six-year period, uh, we decided to put out a, a five-song EP mm. this year. It has two new songs and then three live songs. So the three live songs being two from our Cleansing record and one from our Root Awakening record. Uh, it was initially planned that way. I, I was going to make a full-length record, uh, but uh, I figured there was been too many of those, and I thought it would be good to concentrate on two songs, focus on the quality of those two uh, rather than tackling a uh, full length. So uh, out of the demos that I made for the full length record, I just picked one song out of that, which is the title track, Eight Defiance. Right. And then I wrote a new one, particularly for this record, which is End of Sanity, which could be listened to right now. It's up on Spotify. It's a new single. So uh, that one's a brand new one that I wrote for this record, and then Age of Defiance was uh, one song picked from the demos that, for the full-length record that probably is the only song out of those songs that will be released. Okay, and would you say that releasing an EP is also a reflection of how the music business uh, behaves nowadays? I mean, we see a lot of bands not even wanting to release new albums anymore, only isolated songs. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced that with especially with, with the Zero Days record and No Absolutes, there was a lot of quality songs, a lot of songs that I thought uh, could have been singles that could have gotten attention and they just got ignored, really. I mean, they just got bypassed. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, not, not any creative process is not necessarily a waste of time, but uh, I just thought that a lot of songs being overlooked is, is a problem that a lot of artists are experiencing. And, you know, people don't have the attention level anymore. I mean, we're always on the run. We have our smartphones. We quickly run through records really fast, and uh, a lot of stuff gets overlooked anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I know that from my own listening experience. Like, I, you know, uh, I'll listen to, like, the, you know, the new Life of Agony record. I'll listen to, like, the one song, and that's it. You know what I mean? And so it's gone back to more of a singles market, possibly. But I mean, that, that didn't really come into the picture making this new uh, wrong record. But uh, as it turns out, I think that you're right. I mean, I, I didn't really think about that, but it, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying that there's actually a plan for full length uh, later, why, I mean, 2021 or 22, right? Uh, I, I, I'm, get, I'm having second thoughts now because, uh, uh, I mean, uh, this seems to be a, a lot more of a, a reasonable process. Okay. Um, uh -huh. You know, you're. 
you're not again the chore of tackling 14 songs uh, is it's a lot of work yeah I mean especially for me I I mean I do all the writing and uh, you know with the help of the producer and you know the lyrics uh, of writing 14 lyrics you're trying to say something is you know, something is may get watered down a little bit, but I, you know, in order for that not to happen, I got to really work very hard. Like, in, you know, zero days. The last Bond full length record was an exhausting process. I mean, it was. Right. Uh, it, it really took a lot out of me. Uh, I'm not fearful of that process, but uh, you know, going in and cutting a couple of songs uh, it may not be a bad idea to do. You know, uh, continually over the next couple of years, but. You know, the demand is when it, it really happens. I mean, uh, I mean, records are weird anyhow. New records. I mean, Prong is a legacy band. Uh, you know, yeah. we depend a lot on our older records for you know uh, Spotify plays. I mean, essentially most of that you know cleansing is our most popular record. And snap your fingers, snap your neck, and get small plays in anything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a couple of new songs here and there doesn't hurt, but you know, essentially, Pong is is a legacy band. Yeah, I see. But I I do like how the new EP is almost like a definition of your sound in a handful of minutes. I mean, it has all the elements of the band in five songs. You know, two new ones and three three legacy songs, right? Yeah, I mean, like the, the legacy songs are important songs that uh, you know that we continue to play live and. Um, you know, the, the new ones are the new ones. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it works out. I mean, maybe a good formula for the future. We'll have to see. I, um, you know, like I said, the record business is a strange thing right now. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's some bands that do fantastic, as we know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like bands, other bands, uh, a lot of lesser bands that were probably in that category are, you know, that, that uh, have to struggle and it's, it's hard to get attention. It is, indeed, yeah. Well, to me, Prong has always been kind of in the middle ground between the heavy bands like Sabbath, but also with the groove and sludginess of the grunge era. Uh, and I think that encom that's encompassed in, the, in those five songs. Would you agree with that definition? Is that what you're going for uh, still? Or I think naturally it is like that. I mean, uh, I think you're right. Uh, we, we sort of bridge the gap between several different styles, you know, including hardcore and thrash, and then the, the, the groove metal, and then you know we do have some of uh, you know just the real extreme you know heavy riffs as well. Yeah. And then there's the vocal side of it too. I mean, a lot of it's taken from you know post punk and Killing Joke, and you know a lot of uh, you know punk rock as well. So uh, you know there's a lot of it's a punk is a mixed bag. Uh, you know what comes out it comes out uh, I, you know I, we really concentrate on uh, either making a record or whatever it's just the quality of the riff and the, the vocal melody and you know the, sometimes uh, it works sometimes it doesn't so, but uh, I think again from picking from a, a, a large group of songs like was done on this EP hmm. has a built-in quality control where you know uh, like okay this has all the elements maybe of a good prong song let's just record this officially right survival of the fittest right <laughs> right exactly yeah. totally yeah well let's go into the details of the songs on the album starting off we have the title track which is kind of kind of unusual for prong I mean the classic elements are there but you kind of explore new territory here right I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that has something to do with the, the actual guitar playing on it. Um, right. It's it's the tuning 
is different than I've used in the past. Oh, uh, okay. but but the the strategy of the song is 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 nothing uh, uh, apart from you know, a, a good prong song, which has a strong riff, and then uh, you know a, a, a big chorus that has the anthem in there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can see it being a little different in some ways, and then you know that. It, Lyrically, it may be a little different as well. Mm -hmm. It sort of has more of a world outlook, you know. It's more, uh, uh, it's, I, I think it's in touch with the times a little bit, you know. It has uh, some uh, consciousness of like a world identity into it a little bit. I see. And the second track, uh, End of Sanity, is a bit more familiar territory for, for the longtime fans. And I understand you wrote it specifically for the tour with Agnostic Front, is that right? For some reason, yeah. I mean, like, hmm. I figured that it would correspond with that tour more than it apparently did. But I'm still happy with the song. Uh, I think it, 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 there's no surprises here. It's, it's just... Uh, It's sort of a crossover metal song with, uh, you know, another strong chorus. And, uh, it's, it's just more of a... Uh, a uh, it's got the uh, uh, banger mentality into it. So uh, it's uh, pretty solid, like you said. Nothing, no crazy territory. Just a solid, good riff and, you know, nice chorus and a good breakdown. And there you have it. Yeah. And, well, the other three tracks, it's one from Rude Awakening and two from Cleansing, which uh, many fans still consider your best work, uh, your best album. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary uh, next year, right? 25th of this year for, for uh, Cleansing, yeah. Yeah. It'll be over uh, in two months, the oh. anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just a... But, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, There's all kinds of anniversaries. We have so many records out that it's like every year is an anniversary of sorts. You know, I know. We, we have, you know, the 30th anniversary of Prove You Wrong next year. And then, you know, uh, in two years, it'll be the 25th anniversary of Rude Awakening. So, you know, it's uh, it's always something right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what happens if you're this, uh, you have a longevity band like yours, man. That's what happened, right? Hey, if we would have continued, I would have had more records. I mean, there's been periods where I didn't make any prong records. I just, so uh, we could have had 30 records if I was yeah. kept going. Yeah. Uh, well, this album in particular, it was mixed and mastered by Chris Collier, who seems to be very comfortable with how prong wants things to be done, right? Yeah, I mean, Chris and I work well together, and uh, uh, he's He's a bit of a genius. I mean, he's uh, he knows how to do everything. This guy, so right. uh, I can rely upon him for anything, any anything to do. I mean, he's just uh, he's really amazing. So uh, uh, when you have something is has a guy have a guy that's willing to work with you as good as him, I didn't really want to stray from that. Just uh, I wanted this record to be a slam dunk with the sound and. The production. I didn't want to experiment uh, on this at all. Right. And tell us about the cover art, if you can. Uh, a friend of mine referred to it as a metal version of Vitamin Smile, the David Lee Roth album. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. I, I was totally unfamiliar with that uh, that uh, cover. Yeah. That cover. And like a friend of mine sent it to me. He goes, "What are you? Uh, are you uh, 
channeling your inner David Lee Roth. I'm like, what are you talking about? So it was, I was like, dude, I haven't looked, I would, did not pay attention to David Lee Roth after Van Halen 2. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't know anything about David Lee Roth. Oh, wow. So, uh, I guess. Coincidence, yeah. Yeah. I just really like the cover. I mean, I, did, I didn't design it, but the guy from the label did, this guy Nicholas Fritz, and I love what he did. Yeah. I sent him a couple of ideas of what I wanted it to be, and he just incorporated it. So uh, I love it. I mean, if it if it does channel David Lee Roth, that's almost a good thing because you know we need to uh, uh, everything is regenerated and like stuff like that is cool. People can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm not expecting you to show up with uh, spend expense next time, right? Next show. <laughs> <laughs> David Lee Roth was just a, was just a rip off of, of uh, Jim Dandy Mangrum, anyhow. He was, you know? he was, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. And uh, did Jason and Aaron get a chance to contribute on the writing process this time or not really? No, I mean those guys are doing their own thing and stuff. And you know, like it's been from all the recent Prong records. Like I go in, uh, I write all the songs, and then Chris uh, comes in and and uh, helps me out and. On this time, uh, Chris didn't even help me out. I mean, these are just completely Tommy Victor, uh, uh, you know, uh, composing okay. compositions. Right. I understand. But uh, one thing that always attracted me to Prong is that you guys are a trio. I mean, I love Rush, Police, Motorhead, Triumph. So it seemed logical mm -hmm. to follow you guys, right? Was the band always designed to be this way? And why do you pick? Do you think people <laughs> like Power Trio so much? It definitely was not designed to be this way, uh Initially, when Prong started, uh, we didn't even know who was going to play guitar in the band. I mean, like I was essentially a bass player, mm. and so was Mike Kirkland. And neither one of us—he was a vocalist, and I was not really a vocalist. So, I mean, <laughs> well, I wound up being the main vocalist and guitar player, and then he wound up. Uh, getting kicked out of the band so oh, anyway, wow. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's just the way things work but, and we had to audition uh, people were initially complaining about the vocals in prong for the early years and we, we auditioned a bunch of guys but it just did not seem right okay. so we just decided uh, to stick with the trio Right, and then it was not always a trio. We had a keyboard guy. We had a guy running samples, John Bechdel, for a while. And I did experiment with having another guitar player for a while. Hmm. Uh, but that didn't work out either. It just it never, these things, it just wound up being a trio like it is now because nothing else works. You know? <laughs> I see. I understand. And since the beginning, you guys have done pretty much everything by yourself, right? Promotion, management, marketing, merchandise, etc. Do you still like doing things this way or not really? Well, it wasn't like that for a while because we were on a major label for a really long time. Yeah. And uh, then we sort of handed this over to this mysterious uh, overlord that uh, uh, between the management and the record label who did everything, quote unquote, mm. and uh, just spent a bunch of money that we eventually had to owe to the label. So, uh, and then as things have, we had, you know, as time goes on, uh, the way the music business is now, like I've had to continually try to get more control over what's going on because yeah. uh, otherwise you're just 
either lose money or people steal it or you go broke. You know? Yeah. So that's just the yeah. way it is. That's the way it is for everybody, I think, in this business right now. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep an eye on everything. You yeah. Know? Like, and you gotta can't spend a whole bunch of money, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. And I still remember as a teenager in the 90s when I used to listen to songs like Back to Differ, Snapper Neck, uh, Snapper Finger, Snapper Neck, and uh, Unconditional on MTV. And I always had the sense that you guys would or should get a much higher level of popularity. Do you feel the same way? And, I mean, do you think you could have done anything differently to change that? Or are you happy with uh, the state of things right now? Well, we could, a lot of things we could have done to change, to, to, to keep our popularity uh, to, to be more popular mm. uh, I think we we sort of tried but it didn't work out I don't know what the hell happened really I mean uh, it's it, it just when grunge came around that sort of wiped out the whole alternative metal scene yeah so uh, you know what I mean like it we had other Metal bands had to sort of figure out what to do, and that's what new metal became. Yeah. And then it sort of went back to uh, traditional metal, sort of getting popular again a couple of years ago. You know, and um, some bands never had to worry about these things, and other bands did. I mean, Strong sort of always was riding the cusp of what was going on. Uh, you know, at, uh, at the moment, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's a hard route because you know you can fall off that very quickly, and uh, uh, I think we did. Yeah. So you know, it's like, that's why we sort of broke up and went away for a while, and then it was sort of like try to come back, and then came back again. So it's like that's really been the career. Um, I mean, considering. You know, some big bands that, that don't really put out the continual releases that much, which is probably smart, but yeah. that can afford to do that. Like, you know, like Metallica, I mean, they, 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 there's been distances between their, some of their releases. Uh, you know, Danzig as well, too. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Prong has been pretty consistent with our releases over the last seven years. You know, we have enough, we have a good catalog. So right now it's just... Uh, You know, to, to, to finish up the catalog of records and have a career out of, you know, a legacy is really what, uh, what this thing is about, really. I think that uh, it's not really a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. It's just... Uh, Keeping the, the, you know, the airplane flying. Records that, yeah. yeah, I mean, relying on the... You have that legacy of the, of the classic records, which you can, no one can deny, you know, the cleansing... And then, um, you know, even like Bank the Dipper was another record that was important. And then, uh, you know, having newer records that sort of reflect those and try to bring things up to a current pace is really what the, the strategy behind the whole thing is. And why to do that? I mean, it's just to have like a, you know, a legacy to, for your fans, really. I mean, yeah. you know, people have invested their time in this. People have gotten tattoos of prongs on their arms, and you know you don't want to let those people down. Of course, yeah. I think you ended up reaching that sweet spot where you have fans who are very dedicated, like you said, but at the same time you can go out on the streets without people bothering you, right? My girlfriend, my fiance, is always says you should count your blessings on that <laughs> uh, because 
you know, I do actually have a pretty decent life, you know, like, it's like, I don't have a lot of money, but, like, uh, you know, like, you know, like, I, I'm really good friends with Glenn, with Glenn Danzig, and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and, you know, he has a lot of problems with that, and then, you know, this, you know, I know Rob Zombie has a lot of problems with that, uh, you know, it's like, you know, well, I don't, I don't really want that, you know, in my life, I, I like to... <clears throat> You know, I, I like to go to like Dodger games or whatever. I don't want to be bothered by anybody, you know. I see, I see. And you you had your fair share of uh, lineup changes in prong, right? You guys had uh, several lineup changes through the years. A lot of them. Yeah, is that a source of frustration for you still, or are you used to it at this point? And is the lineup right now a little bit more stable? I don't like it, but I don't think the lineup is ever stable because it's mm. difficult <coughs> because. Uh, Again, like I mean, there's a lot of areas of the world that prom don't play. Like we don't, we don't, we haven't done South America. We don't go to Russia. We don't do like the Middle East. We've very rarely been to Canada. Mm. Um, we don't. We've been to Australia once, in Asia. I've been to Japan once. So we're, we're not like with this band that has that kind of world demand. So right. I, we don't really. We're not on tour all year round. So, you know, like guys do other things. Like, you know, uh, I've always had that problem maintaining a, a, a period of work for everybody throughout the, uh, you know, throughout a year. I and see. then I've had, like, well, Art Cruz just got picked up by Lamb of God. Like, guys get picked up by other bands. I've had that problem a lot. Like, Aaron initially got picked up by Ministry mm -hmm. after I quit. And then, you know, he left the band, and now I got him back. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> You know, it's been like, you know, it's been that kind of scenario. You know, Monty Pittman was, you know, wound up playing with Madonna, you know. And then, right. uh, so I, I lose guys to bigger things. You yeah. Know, that's what happens a lot. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and you did break up for a long period of time, and you toured with uh, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, uh, Trent Reznor, and Glenn Danzig that you mentioned. What was it like working with those guys? And uh, were you more comfortable not being the band leader and, and sort of taking a back seat? For a while, uh, well, I just did sessions with with, I, with the Tapeworm project with with Trent Reznor that never came out. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then, like with with, uh, I only did one show with Rob, and then I, I worked on the first Rob Zombie record, and I sort of got shit canned. So then, uh, I mostly was touring with Glenn a lot. Yeah. I don't mind playing with 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 you know with with. With other people, and you know, I, I could accept the role as a, as a hired gun, as a side guy. You know, like I, it's kind of bizarre because I've never really considered myself a guitar player, and then uh, I wound up like getting, you know, gigs as a guitar player. So it's kind of a weird thing. It's like sort of if, if uh, you know, you went to law school and you wind up, uh, you know, uh, working in an insurance company, or right? You know, right. so. It's like, you know, so, um, you know, it, it, it's been kind of a blessing and I, I appreciate it for what it is, you know, it's like, and it, you know, it's, it's good to get paid for something that uh, you have a natural talent for. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to prom, you just did a run of shows with Agnostic Front and Hatebreed. How did they go? And are you planning more uh, anytime soon? But I think do America. We've done enough American tours uh, recently. We were out with Hatebreed for a month. Then we went out with Gnostic Front for a month, and we did some scattered Hatebreed shows. 
the next stop is Europe again in February. So uh, I'd like to I'd like to be so I like to be selective about the tours that we do. Mm-hmm. Like you know, going out with a Nazi front was a good idea. It was like something that uh, really it, it was their friends, so it, it looked like it made sense to us. And then uh, you know, I mean. Touring today with Bond is is what it is. You know, it's. Um, I think that the most successful tour we had in recent years was with Helmet. I think those bands really work well together. It's hard for Bond to go out. A lot of bands just don't fit with us. Right. And we sort of just don't fit with Bond, or we, you know, it, it's 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 a tough band to package with other bands. I see. So um, you know, we we, we try to do that. Uh, I mean, we get other offers and we just don't feel like it's right or something. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see what comes around. Okay. And what's the plan for 2020? I mean, there's another anniversary coming, like you said. Uh, we, is there a chance that uh, maybe Mike Kirkland and Ted Parsons could come back and do a few shows with you? or? I, I'm going to have to talk to them more about it. I mean, it was something I was trying to do. Mm. <clears throat> uh, The long-standing problem with Ted Parsons is that he lives in Norway. Oh, no. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, he's been living in Norway for 30 years now. I mean, and, and I've asked him back several times, and it's just like, you know, he couldn't do it, or now he suddenly went, he's interested in doing it, but it's like, you know, who's going to pay for the, pay for the, the plane fares back and forth? Yeah. That's a problem, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. then Mike has not been feeling that well. So I've been talking to Mike. We were going to try to do something. I, got, I just don't know exactly what to do yet. Like, Mike wanted to uh, possibly, uh, like, record something. And I, I'm sort of, like, not into that idea right now. I see. I wouldn't mind doing, like, a show or... Um, It's just that uh, I, I got I'm interested in doing that. Which is so 30 years of Bank to Dipper would be an interesting thing to do. Absolutely. It's probably gonna have, something's going to happen. I don't know exactly what it is. Right. Okay. Well, as a longtime fan, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. Okay. Cool. All right. So it's been a pleasure to do this interview, and I wish you success with the new EP. Thank and you, hopefully, hopefully, this this reunion tour or reunion one-off next year. That'd be great. Yeah, no, I'm going to try, man. All right. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. For our viewers out there, thank you for listening, and please support us by following us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Make sure you check out Prong's new EP, Age of Defiance. We're going to finish off with the title track of this EP, which comes out on November 29th. Take care and rock on.
to learn to be brave.